The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good times. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Homans Chronicles, and I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. Again, a brief panic. I thought today was my day. <laughs> Why do you keep thinking that it's your day when it's not your day when I have it clearly labeled? Trauma response. <laughs> All you have to do is look at your calendar. I know. Instead, you want to live up. in the dread? You just no, want to live pops in the dread. Up. No, it pops up for me. No, it's like those random... <laughs> So it's a, it's a lack of self-trust because the random intrusive thoughts that I, for some reason, believe. <laughs> so I'm working on it, but it was only a slight second of panic today. No big deal. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. as long as it only happened for a slight second when it popped up that it was the meeting and you weren't like wondering about it all day and just avoiding looking at it. Gosh, no, no, I'm good at self-service. No, I think it was actually this morning when I woke up, I was like, I gotta do my, Oh, okay. Yeah. Nope. Not today. (laughs) Mm -mm. No. And I, um, I was up kind of late, uh, doing mine. So we're going to hope it's coherent. Oh, Um, it's going to be great. I've had a very, very busy, like, week, like, slash, well, life, yeah, life, yep. just, just it's, it's been, it's been a little different, um, lately, I got really thrust back into life, for sure, yep, you and, sure uh, I'm trying to do all the things, and it's, it, it doesn't work, that doesn't work, um, <laughs> That's how we achieve burnout. Let's not do that this year. Hence why I'm like, oh, I stayed up pretty late finishing this story. And then all day today, I'm like, oh, oh I'm yawning. Because <laughs> um, I had like five hours of sleep or less, you know? Yeah, that's not um, enough. Nearly. It is not, especially when I like would do great with like nine. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm a major sleeper. I always I, have been. I haven't, I have not been able to really fully sleep in until the last couple of weeks. And this weekend I took the opportunity to sleep in both days. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, I don't want to get up. Usually I'm fueled by anxiety and I'm up before my alarm clock goes off, but not today. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. The, um, weather swing here in Michigan has also been affecting my allergies, which don't go away. Like it's a year round thing, but um, yesterday it was nice out. It was warm. And um, I saw some poor ice sculptures that were melted away. Well, that's fine. (laughs) And I know, and it's fine. It's like, Oh, that's the, that's a sign of spring. I want to see. Right. Um, 
Well, I guess Poxatani Phil saw his shadow or whatever. We're gonna have a short, short rest. Spring is coming. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I think I just stroked out a little bit. It's kind of painful. <laughs> it was painful to watch. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> this tater has been mashed. It's the end of my day. <laughs> Basically, the groundhog did or did not see his shadow. Whatever the one is that makes this winter shorter. <laughs> Which I should know. It's my brother's birthday on Groundhog Day. So my entire life, I've been acutely aware of Groundhog Day. And... um my dad used to put him outside and ask him if he could see his shadow. And so the ultimate dad joke has lived with me my entire life. And I still don't have it committed to memory is if he does, is it good or is it bad? I'm not sure. <laughs> not one clue. Got to Google it every time. <laughs> every time. And this year. So we were talking about it at work. And this year, apparently they start at like 630 a.m., they start this whole situation. Yeah, no, and it's boss, a whole ceremony. Yeah, and my boss is like, I don't even understand why. The sun doesn't even come up. It's not even up yet. How how can we do shadows without the sun? And then somebody replied in the team chat with a screenshot of the sun rising time, and it was 6.56 a.m. I was like, oh, my God. Before most of us get online, <laughs> Phil has came <laughs> He has made the decision and he has gone back to his hole. I have been running across a lot of really good TV lately. Um, and there is one show that I have not watched yet, but I'm excited about. And it's Ho of History Adjacent because Ooh. it's called um, Feud or The Feud. And it's uh, Capote versus the Swans. The Swans are old, like impactful women in like politics and Hollywood and stuff. Hell yeah. Um, and it's this. about Truman Capote's writing about their lives, like getting really, really close to them and then sharing all their gossip. Um, it's a Ryan Murphy joint. So, you know, it's going to be like artsy and stuff. Um, it's on FX or Hulu Here for this here for this first episode came out. So I'm, I'm excited to learn about more ladies of history right. and try to see if I could put any pieces together. <laughs> Maybe one of them, like we we'll, we have done a story on before, you know. Right. Ryan Murphy actually did do a series on um uh Joan. No. Oh crap. Why why when it's time to like know things, you don't know them. Are you talking about like Joan Rivers? No. Um it was it's Joan's not even the right word. Uh oh no, Joan is the right word. Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. There you go. So um he did a similar kind of backstory. Um and so the first series was those two, which I did the story on um Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, actually. Mm -hmm the podcast and so um so the first series was just called feud and it was about that their feud now this is the second season but it's a completely different story different actresses everything and so that's why it's called the feud capote versus the swans because Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway 
So, you know, I, uh, I'm excited to see if we can add anybody to the list here or, you know, get some oh, ideas yeah. because last night I had to, I did have to reference the list. I normally have some source of inspiration of how I come across my hoe of history, but not this week. <laughs> happens to the best of us. <laughs> I just referenced the list. Um, That's why it's there. That's why it's there. Yeah. So do you have any other housekeeping or would you like me to jump right in? Oh, no, we can jump in. I'm really All like, right. excited for your story. All right. So our whole of history for today is Margaret Hamilton. What do you know this name? Yes. There are I'm two Margaret I'm... Hamiltons. Oh, okay. One is an actress. Mm -hmm. The one I'm doing is a computer scientist. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so when you research them you actually do like i had to use her middle name to make sure i didn't yeah. pull any stuff for the actress so i don't know who you were thinking of but i am doing the scientist so um margaret hamilton she's american computer scientist who is one of the first computer software programmers she created the term software engineer to describe her work the so, chill bumps i know I know. She helps write the computer code for the command and lunar modules used for the Apollo missions to the moon. Man. Man. <laughs> it's so epic. <laughs> I know. I know. Are you ready? I got goosebumps. Margaret Hamilton was born Margaret Elaine Hayfield on August 17th, 1936 in Paoli, Indiana. However, it's very strange that I just randomly picked this because she's connected to us. Her family moved to Michigan. Huh, no shit. Yep. And um, she actually went, like, they lived in Hancock. Houghton Hancock is the area mm -hmm. where Michigan Tech is, right. where my brother and half my family went to school. Oh, dang. And Michigan Tech is up in the Upper Peninsula, and it's like, at the very top like tip of the upper peninsula and so it's really the only city that i know that's up there <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it's, how they like it and that's fine. yeah it's like i mean it's it's up there so it's about a nine hour drive northwest of detroit like you could be in another state faster than you could be the t the top of michigan you could have traversed two states by the time you reach the top <laughs> right? of Michigan on occasion. Yes. <laughs> Part of the problem is that, you know, you have that whole lake in the middle, right? Right. So you got to drive around it. That, um, that motherfucker. Yeah. So she studied mathematics at the University of Michigan in 1955 before transferring to Earlham College, where her mother actually was a, had been a student before. All right. Go blue, though. Just real quick. Yeah. <laughs> So she earned a bachelor's degree in mathematics with a minor in philosophy in 1958. She cites a, a professor of hers, Florence Long. She was the head of the math department at Earlham is helping her to have a desire to pursue mathematics and become a mathematics professor. Um, and then she credits her father, who was a poet, um, and her grandfather, who was a headmaster um, for introducing her to the philosophy part of studies because neither of those areas had any females. No, there were no. like zero women. 
in those studies. Isn't it crazy? Like, in my opinion, math can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And it really depends on who teaches you, it turns out. I mean, with a lot of things, right? Yeah. I mean, fun fact, I cried in class while trying to learn long division when I was in fifth grade. And I was, I was so excited about it because I could do it. (laughs) I'm I'm much much better writer. (laughs) Yeah. I would race home to do all of my homework before anything else because I was so excited about my math homework. Something was wrong with me. Oh, it's just, it's, it's odd. Yeah. There's like numbers people and words people and I'm a words person. Well, I can do both. Just not verbally all the time. I'm written. Yes. (laughs) I mean, obviously I can do math if I want to. It's just not enjoyable. Um, okay. So while she was studying at Earlham College, she met her husband, James Hamilton. And she actually briefly taught high school math and French after she graduated from college in order to support her husband, who was working on his undergraduate degree at Harvard. He eventually oh. went to Harvard Law. Um, but she anticipated or wanted to get her graduate degree at a a later time. But so she's working basically to support the family because they moved to Boston so he can go to Harvard and her, and she thought she was going to do her graduate program at Brandeis university. However, she never went, um, because in mid 1959, while pregnant, pregnant. Yep. while pregnant, she's 23, she begins working for Professor Edward Norton Lorenz in the meteorology department at MIT. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so cool. Fun so fact, she, my sister's so, a meteorologist. <laughs> I know. There were so many connections. So oh, many connections. Wild. The... Massachusetts Institute of Technology, most people know it as MIT, is where she developed software for predicting the weather. Oh, hmm. She developed yeah. just a whole ass model for predicting <laughs> the weather. Does she did anybody know the amount of math that goes into that? <laughs> I know. Let me tell you. My <laughs> sister took years of math to be able to do something like that. She's all willy-nilly while pregnant, just creating these math models that have pattern predictions in them. Supporting the family. Supporting the family. Only income, as far as I could tell. Pregnant. Husband's trying to be a lawyer. And she's over here programming on the LGP-30 and the PDP-1 computers. (laughs) Gotta go across the room to type. (laughs) (laughs) One thing of code takes 10 minutes because she's got to traverse the room. Yes. So she's quoted, though, as saying um, it's one of the best things that she ever did. She had never even been near a computer before. Um, That just goes to show you it doesn't matter what tools you have. If you're a genius, you're just a fucking genius. That's that. Um, so her work contributed to uh Lorenz's publications on chaos theory. And no he, shit. he actually credited her um in a time when women could not get credit. And we talked about this a little bit with the yeah. show I watched called Lessons of Chemistry, Lessons in Chemistry on Apple TV. Um 
where it's a fictional show, but she had to have a man. She had to work with a man in order to have her name on anything. And even though she was a lead, she couldn't be listed as the lead. Oh, it makes me sick. So. Although um, Margaret was not the lead here, but she contributed, they did give her he did give her credit, which is not common for that era. Kudos to you, Lorenz. Kudos to you. Right. So then, um, you know, computer science and software engineering weren't really like a thing yet. So <laughs> you she didn't made learn. It up. <laughs> yeah, you didn't learn this in school. So she basically everything is hands-on experience. Um, she had her daughter in November of 1959 and continued her her current job like through her maternity leave and came back and stuff. And then um in 1961, like two years later, kudos to her. She hired and trained a woman as her replacement. Yes. You Ellen... give back to the community. Yes. Miss Ellen Fetter is who replaced her. And if you Google Ellen Fetter, she is also credited with contributing to the chaos theory. Oh, that makes me so happy. I got goosebumps. Yes. This kind of shit makes me emotional. I know. I know. It does. Um, Margaret recalled how one of her male colleagues once asked her how she could take a programming job when she had a baby at home. And she reportedly said, well, you know, you have to do what's right for you. And I have to do what's right for me. And she uh, goes, and all he said was, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was he expecting out of that? Some sort of justification? Like, get F. No, no, no. She would bring her daughter with her. I don't know when she was a baby, but definitely when she was a kid, she'd bring her daughter with her to work. Why not? And um, especially if she had to be there on weekends or whatever. Um, and there, I didn't include this in the story. And just because I'm now doing this like offshoot. But there was a time that her daughter was like playing around with something and it triggered something else. And so they called it the Lauren bug. Her daughter's name is Lauren. <laughs> That's adorable. And it came up like a couple of years later when they were doing testing on something else. And they were like, oh, it's the Lauren bug. Like they quickly were able to identify the problem because her daughter had basically created a, a or not created, but had they recreated the problem that she created. But not on purpose, but right, yes. yeah. Yeah. That's... So they were able to identify it. <laughs> Man, see, things happen for a reason. So from 1961 to 1963, Margaret worked on the massive US Sage, which is the semi automatic ground environment. It is the first US air defense system at Lincoln Laboratories. So she basically wrote software for a program to identify enemy aircraft. <laughs> Again, it's like she's creating these markers and code that people still don't know how to do today. <laughs> no, yeah, like it's still used today. It's just yes. basically gone from the old way of doing it to the new way of like our new computers. That's all. Like it's still yeah. the same thing. She, um, created a, she created again a model for recognizing something without identi having the identifying enemy aircraft. Yeah. Without having the tools we have today, like imagine what TV was like in the 90s. Just consider, if you can, remember that for a moment. The picture is grainy and terrible. She didn't even have that. No. I'm going to talk about the process. Yes, please I'm going to talk about it. 
I don't think so, people get it. <laughs> no. So then um, she starts becoming uh, more interested in software reliability. So again, she's quoted as saying, when the computer crashed during the execution of your program, there was no hiding. Lights would be flashing, bells would be ringing, and everyone, the developers and computer operators would come running to find out whose program was doing something bad to the system. <laughs> <laughs> Panic, panic, panic. So not only is something happening, I'm also sweaty. That sucks. <laughs> um, so it, it it became very important to her that she have less bugs or no bugs in her software because she didn't want people being alerted. <laughs> yeah, it was a mistake, basically. Like yeah. computer, like so the reliability of things working the way they're supposed to became very important to her because she was like, Jesus, this is dramatic. Oh, God. So shameful. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. I missed a period in my code. Wee, 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 like, what? Yeah. Um, so she was asked to travel for a course on the instructions for a computer lab situation. And um, she basically said that she couldn't travel because of her daughter. And she offered to learn like take the course on her own and learn the same things that those people were learning but on her own time wow um so she is quoted as saying so everybody went to the course i don't remember it's six to eight weeks and i stayed back by myself and by the time they got back i had done the majority of the work that needed to be done <laughs> so <laughs> she was like she's a fucking machine yes but then that leads to the fact, though, that she she did get divorced in 1967, like around this time. So, yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest for a minute. She put in the work. She put in the effort to sustain family life and all that fun stuff. Like she was at one point dedicated to the fam. But then let's be honest for a minute. She <laughs> was producing. Yes. Yes. She was fucking producing. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be anybody's wife when I'm producing like that. Gratefully <laughs> so. Well, no, I mean, she got remarried. Era. She got remarried two years later. So she did like being a wife. I just think that it was her whole life because the guy that she married next, his name was actually Dan Lickley. <laughs> they worked together at MIT and he was in aerospace engineering and programming. Like, I feel like she's just one of those people where it was just her whole life. Like always. she was always either there or if she was at home, she was probably thinking about it or talking about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm speculating. Prisoner of passion. Mm -hmm. I'm speculating. Obviously, I don't know this woman. She is alive, though. <laughs> we could ask her. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she actually ended up seeing a news report that MIT's instruction lab won a contract to work on NASA's Apollo project. MIT, and, Massachusetts? Yes. Okay. And um, so her response to that after she saw the news report was, well, I guess I got to delay graduate school again because I'd like to work on this program that puts all these men on the moon. <laughs> That's the quote. Hold on. Let me just pioneer <laughs> again, please. Yes. That's the direct quote. Yeah. She's iconic. <laughs> Why do we not know about her? Like, come know. on. Well, she doesn't do a lot of interviews, apparently. And so. So one of the, She doesn't I need know. to. <laughs> I know. One of the articles that I read, they were like, 
so grateful and appreciative that she was doing an interview with them. Like they just were in awe. And it's funny you use the word pioneer because that's what they, they were like. She basically felt like she had no other choice than to pioneer this. Yes. Like if she needed it, she had to fucking create it. That's pioneering. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. care who you are. What yeah, era, so what time. It's just funny. You use the same word as them because well, they were like, she basically felt like she had no choice other than to be a pioneer. <laughs> it's, it's just a legendary title in my opinion. So It is. Fuck yes. <laughs> so during the time of the Apollo space missions, Margaret led the team that created the onboard flight software for NASA's Apollo command modules and lunar modules. She was in charge of the Apollo and Skylab, onboard flight software effort while also serving as the director of software engineering division at MIT. <laughs> Again, just iconic. So during this time at MIT, she wanted Total to give mobile. their software legitimacy. So just like with other engineering disciplines, um, she wanted to give it its due respect. And as a result, she made up the term software engineering. And that was to distinguish it from other kinds of engineering. Because, you know, like I said, there was, was no this? schools or anybody right. teaching. Um, I'm going to guess this is somewhere in the late 60s. Okay. That sounds about right. 67, 68. So Margaret specifically concentrated on the software for the Apollo so that it would detect system errors and then recover that information in a computer crash. Mm -hmm. So on July 20th, 1969, Margaret's now 33 years old. Now, remind you, like this woman's doing this in her 20s. I'm just, I'm just like, I'm over here thinking she's probably <laughs> around 45 by now. Nah. No. She's just creating data log process. Like, uh... I'm just... <laughs> I so just, she's 33. The practicality of it all is what I'm here for, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's 1969. The lunar module Eagle from Apollo 11 mission is approaching the moon's surface. The computers begin flashing, warning messages. And for a moment, mission control is facing like a go, no go decision. But because there was a lot of confidence in the software that Margaret and her team developed, they just told the astronauts to proceed. Trust so the process. <laughs> the software <laughs> allowed the computer to recognize error messages and ignore low priority tasks. So it continued to guide Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin onto the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No big deal. Don't worry about that. That little flap is not a big deal. We're going to suppress that warning. Yes. Because what's the bigger deal is that you land on the fucking moon. So yes, yes. Just incredible. So, um, so it, uh, it quickly became clear that the software was not only informing everyone that there was a hardware related pro problem, but also that the software is now compensating for said problem. Yes. Autonomy. Um, so. So she invented autonomy. Let's be real. <laughs> Call it how it is. So Margaret says that an investigation eventually showed the astronaut's checklist was at fault, not the software. Oh. So the checklist was telling them to set the rendezvous, rendezvous radar hardware switch incorrectly. 
So oh. fortunately, the people at Mission Control trusted our software, she said. And then with only fuel for 30 more seconds of flight, Neil Armstrong reported the Eagle has landed. Oh, my goodness. Could you, Can you imagine your, no. your chest is tight, your buttholes tight, your armpits are wet, sweating. <laughs> oh, God almighty. The 30 more seconds of fuel. The 11 between your middle, your, your eyebrows is very deep, touching your skull. Yes, because this is before Botox. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, oh. But how did he get fuel to get back home anyway? That's a whole, that's a whole <laughs> other thing. You just got to get into the Earth's gravitational pull. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> just aiming. Can you, can you imagine they just like chucked a fuel tank <laughs> out? They're like, well, it'll get there. Fuck. <laughs> It'll make it there eventually. You'll take fishing. It's fine. <laughs> it's an it's an orbit now. Just fish. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, how did they leave? Um. So anyway, <laughs> all the Apollo projects code had been extensively pre-tested in simulations, and Margaret worked with an assortment of engineers and quote unquote hardware people, um, who she yeah. recalled had been unfamiliar with the word software. Well, yes, because so. hardware is mechanical, right? And that's yes, yeah, so you physically you can touch it. You know, yeah, it's analog. Software, so software is like it's the wizard behind the curtains. I'm sure in that era. Mm -hmm. Now, what does this do? So, the hardware and software both looked identical in the simulation. So there was like a need to dis like distinguish one from the other. Um, but she said that software programmers were kind of like second-class citizens. Mm -hmm. Although they were the ones who'd take the stuff and make it run. Right, because it's not tangible. So, yeah. So she recalls like a lot of skepticism when she proposed having the two different areas named two different things. And then... Um, it says, so glad she did, though. It says, and then one fateful day. <laughs> <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> Quote, um, this is, I don't, I can't remember who's quote, like who said this, but from one of the articles, it's, it's a guy narrating this. And he said, one of the hardware gurus stood up in a big meeting saying, you know, Margaret's right. This is um, engineering. What you people are doing just as much as the stuff we're doing. And he said, she's trying to formalize it. And I think she, and I think it should become formalized. And because everyone respected this hardware guy, they said, okay. Do you know it takes one person? It's who you know. Yep. Well, good for him, though. I mean, I know. Letting his ego take a bow while he recognizes that this woman is trying to organize an unknown space and giving her, you know, the oomph she needs. That's great. Yeah, I know. She must have had just like the, like, she has got this, probably this really great personality, too, I'm sure. It seems like it based on her quotes. Yeah. Like her hilarious. quotes are not. They're very like, I don't know. She's got like a chill vibe, I guess. Yeah. Like they're her very quotes reassured. Self-assured. It's <laughs> like formulated. It's not pre-thought out. It's not using insane vocabulary or weird language or like you or know, even though defensive. she's defensive. Even though she's super smart, there's nothing like condescending. She's like, well, we tried to work on this stuff, guys. Like, I don't 
Should we you just know, remove we, emotions from all of us? Just, you know, can we just get credit? We're the ones who made it work. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, that's how she talks her. in these articles. So, I love her. Um, practical. That's why she's so successful. Yeah. So when the Apollo missions were planned, the process of writing code became began. This is where I'm. I'm telling people, listen. This is how this worked, right? So the process of writing code began on large sheets of paper. Yes. A key punch operator would create holes in paper cards, keying the codes into what were called punch cards. Binary code. So once everything looked good, the code was actually sent to Raytheon factory where it was mostly women. Many of them former employees of New England textile mills wove copper wire and magnetic cores into a long rope of wire and with coding written in ones and zeros, the wire went through the tiny magnetic core when it was represented as one and it went around the core as it was represented as zero. And this ingenious process created a rope that carried software instructions. I'm just am blown away by the ingenuity. And so Margaret says that these women were known as LOL. And she literally goes, not because they were funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because they were funny. This is before. Uh, it's not because they were funny. It was short for little old ladies. Oh, <laughs> up. That's even more adorable. Come on. They had to have been hilarious then. And Margaret herself was called the rope mother. <laughs> Oh my god, what a fucking fun fact. Trivia <laughs> time. She's the called the mother. rope mother of the little old ladies because they gotta put wire through holes in key cards. <laughs> I just wish there were visuals to go along with this, like in real time, because the cartoons in my head are not cartooning enough for me. <laughs> but I did find in a separate article, um, which I, I have, I don't know who said this or where it came from, but in this other article, it was quoted, no software bug was ever found on any manned space flight Apollo mission. That's what's up. That's how Precise. methodical. Yes. She was. Yeah. Man, isn't that remarkable to think that she was like the opposite of human error? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, oh, she still is. She's yes. still here with us. Right. Um, living her best life, I hope, somewhere fancy. Yeah, because all of this happened before she was 40. So Jesus. <laughs> oh, I imagine I'm burnt out. I can't I can't even I'm not doing <laughs> anything productive in society at the moment. Not like this. <laughs> So Margaret's work guided the remaining Apollo missions that landed on the moon, as well as benefiting Skylab. Skylab was the first U.S. space station in the 70s. Yes. Thank you for that clarification. Because yeah. it sounds an awful lot like some Terminator bullshit now. Oh, no. So in 1972, she's 36 years old. She leaves MIT and starts her own company. Oh, finally. So she, her first company, she calls it Higher Order Software. 
14 years later, she launched another company called Hamilton Technologies, Inc. And at her new firm, she created the Universal Systems Language. Oh, which my is another God. step in making the process of designing systems more dependable. Because now, you know, now there's like a bunch of different coding languages. Yes. But in the 70s or no, not in the 70s, it was 14 years later. So in the 90s, she's like, OK, this is going to get cray cray. We need yes. to have we need to have a universal language because yes. you're going to get to a point where computers aren't going to be able to talk to each other if we all keep doing our own thing. Right. It's like if you code in Spanish and if you code in Italian and you code in English, those codes can't speak to each other. So you have to create that universal language. Yeah. To keep the shit moving, man. She's remarkable. I want to like refer to her on everything. Maybe she could be a mentor. <laughs> Well, I mean, she is remarkable enough that NASA honored Margaret with the NASA Exceptional Space Act Award in 2003, acknowledging her contributions to software development and granted her the biggest financial prize that they had ever awarded a person at that time, which was $37,200, which in today's choice. money, <laughs> it's, huh? Interesting choice. I know, I know. In today's money, it would be about 62000 Um strange number but cool i'm happy i guess that's all they could pull out of the budget i don't know because they said it was the most they ever paid somebody so maybe like the person before was a round number like a 35 or something (laughs) i don't know i just prefer them to not pull money out of their budget because they're suffering and we need them and just let any somebody else give her that cash but anyway we're just here i don't know how it was working um and then in 2016 president barack obama awarded her the presidential medal of freedom noting that her example speaks of the american spirit of discovery that exists in every little girl and little boy who know that somehow to look beyond the heavens is to look deep within ourselves yep well said and margaret is around 88 years old today or not you know in today this year whatever (laughs) It's not her Stro- birthday. Stroking up. It's fine. <laughs> Margaret. Her, birthday, her birthday's in August. Um, oh, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> she's a Leo. And then it all. Oh, okay. She's a Leo. Um, my sources oh, today were Wikipedia, Britannica, SmithsonianMag.com, TheNewStack.io, ComputerHistory.org, and ScientificWomen.net. The Rope Mother. I love that so much. It's so funny to me. <laughs> the rope mother and her LOLs. Yes. Like what? <laughs> what, you, what did you just call me? Yeah. <gasps> wow. Thank you for sharing Margaret's story. That list has got a bunch of bangers on it, apparently, because every time we have one of those ladies, I'm just like blown away. So I good. know. I know. And it was it, it, it was so intriguing because there were so many connections to us. Yes, tons. It's crazy to think that we live in a space that has so much ingenuity and innovation. Like the Michigan, Chicago area. Well, yeah, Michigan, Chicago area. And then like, of course, New England area. But it's incredible what comes out of the Michigan MIT, Mm -hmm. considering where it's at. It's got no influence, which maybe that is the the positive of it i can't tell you either way i've never been but people i know that have gone there have been like yep all you all there all there really is to do is just study yeah i mean well my brother you know similarly was at michigan tech and you drink a lot 
and you have somewhat of a college experience, but not really at the same time. Like it's a, no. it's a altered reality, I think up there because there's so little to do and so few people. Yeah. It's like a niche experience over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. holistic college, but like the, just the incredible things that come out of it. And like, I, I mean, she went to the Massachusetts one, right? Massachusetts MIT, but I, yes, to your point, like the, the genius and talent that comes out of michigan mm-hmm. i i or even passes through it just like yeah and how we're all connected it, like you know michigan new england mm-hmm. have that intelligence mm-hmm. connection i don't know what you want to call it whatever but just like it's so incredible to think that these people are in our proximity i know it kind of is the same a little bit of a shocker as the bissell oh the bissell one still blows me away <laughs> I'm still the vacuums were basically invented in Grand Rapids, Michigan by a woman and her husband <laughs> gives you hope, you know, so, <laughs> I know it's crazy when you think about it. Like when you start thinking about all you, even like the pop stars and stuff that have come from Michigan, you, they really start adding up. Yeah. Actors and stuff. We're you're not, like, wow, we're not really that group of ragtag slouches. Like they all seem to think we are. We're not hillbillies. We got to figure out. I don't know if here. people think that or not about no. Michigan. Hopefully I don't think they, they do. I just don't. We don't need you here. So don't move here. But you can come visit. Like you can come visit. Just don't. We don't need you to move here. Leave our <laughs> land alone. Please and thanks. <laughs> so um, is it at a girl time? I do believe. Yes, it is at a girl time. Okay. Yes. I have two because one I'm confused on if it's an at a girl or not. I All actually right. I, it's an entertaining story. We um, make the rules. So let's have it. <laughs> uh, well, I'll do the boring one first, which is that I got my taxes done already. It is February 5th. The Super Bowl hasn't even happened, but I have my taxes done. Remarkable. <laughs> I just got more of my tax documents today in the mail. Like <laughs> I know. I mean, well, I was forced, like I had to, but like I, I do, I have a little bit of like whiplash <laughs> of how yes. fast it happened. No kidding. And I spent my Friday night basically tracking down my documents because I I didn't have everything in the mail either. Yeah. So I had to go download it all and print it yep. out and all that shit. Hey, man, um, at least we have that option. But shame on those companies. They should be mailing that stuff out like we don't have access to it still. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I think they have to mail by the 31st. You don't have to receive it by January 31st. Yeah. You yeah. have to mail it by the 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, And so anyway, that's my... My pat on the back of like, holy shit, I actually got everything ready and had oh, it all. Girl. And you had to do I what mean, you had to do. I know, but like even on Friday, one of the pieces of the paperwork wasn't ready. It just happened to be ready while I was in the accountant's office today. Magic. I know. I just was like, this is happening. We're just manifesting it or mm-hmm. whatever. We're just going to go forward. Proceed. <laughs> yeah. And then my other added girl is I, I did kind of a Sarah move. Um, so you might think it's okay, but I don't know if it is okay. I've been in my head about Obviously, it. Obviously, it's okay. I've been it's in my head sa- about if it's it. Labeled a Sarah move, clearly it's fine. Um, so I was at a local bar yesterday. Mm-hmm. There were quite a few people in there, and there was this one guy who came up to me and my two friends, and he's an older gentleman. Uh he said 60s. I'm going to say 70s. Yeah. Um, 
And he was just, he was talking really loud and he was like sticking his phone in between us and everything. And I was like, oh my God, this guy. And I got up and went to the bathroom. I come back and he's still like in one of my friend's like faces, like telling her how he used to be a drummer of this band and showing her music videos and stuff. (laughs) And so I come back and he's standing like in front of my chair and I'm like, excuse me, you know, like I'd like to sit down, like, excuse me. And he's like not really paying attention. Right. Like, so he eventually moved and I sat down and then I don't know. I mean, I'm super, super tired. My patience has run thin I wouldn't typically do this, but he had his phone like right in between me and my friend. And I like grabbed the phone out of his hand. Fuck yeah, you would. I would and have slapped, slapped that bitch to the floor. All right, we're done. He was with fighting you. me. He was like aggressively holding on to it. He was fighting me. And all I did, though, like my only intention was to pause the video. <laughs> That's all I want. I could not handle it. I could not handle his phone on full blast in a bar that was also playing music. Nobody full blast. invited him to your table. That's the problem. He was uninvited. Get the fuck out of yeah. here, guy. I'm being so, nice to you by entertaining your presence, but now you're pissing me off. I would have slapped that bitch right out of his hand. So I'm like trying to grab his phone and he's like fighting me, of course. Like, why wouldn't why like that? Why was that the first thing I thought to do? Like, I normally use my words. No. So. I, your words had failed you several times. <laughs> so I grab his phone. He finally lets go. I pause it. And he's like, that's a thousand dollar phone. And I hand it right back to him. Like, that's all. I was like, pause here. Like, ah, <laughs> just go away. And he's like, that's a thousand dollar phone. And then apparently he left the bar. Good. Goodbye. And then my two friends, though, were like, oh, my God, that was so aggressive. No. Like, they were telling me how aggressive I was. Were they they enjoying his company? No. No. And they were like, he was really fighting you on, you know, getting the phone. And they're like, oh, my. Like, they were, like, blown away by this action. And trust me, it's not an action I would normally take. I just, my patience is very thin lately. And now I feel bad because they were like, but he was just, he's an old guy, you know. I was like, nope. Because and so that old guy was could have been a young pervert at one point and never had to pay for any kind of his actions. And he's clearly not capable of reading social cues because nobody fucking wanted him there. Do not feel bad about that. Well, no. so my one friend, I mean, she was being like way too nice. So I think yes. he thought that she wanted him there, but probably. I don't know. And so it, it the whole the whole situation was maybe misleading to him. So maybe he didn't get it. But um but then the bartender came over and she was like, oh, good. That guy's gone. <laughs> yes. See what I mean? You said that she had already alerted like this, the staff that they needed to watch him. See, your gut was right. Well, your gut was telling you he's a nuisance. He's a bother and you can't fix it with words. So you got to physically get him. So that's what I said to them when they were like, you're, you're, that was really aggressive. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't think that guy was going to go away with words. He's not. I was like, I go, I already kind of pushed him out of the way when I was like, I need to get in my chair. No, excuse me, blah, blah, blah. I go, I really just don't think he was going to go away with words. No. And they just were, they were in awe of the situation. And then I used the, my favorite murder line of, well, fuck politeness. Yes. This guy wasn't polite when he walked up to us. No, I don't under, and like, that's the thing us women need to start reminding ourselves of. He wasn't invited. Nobody said, hey, guy, come tell us about your life. We came here to be with each other, not you. Like, get the fuck out of here. 
not going to well, be polite or nice to people. And I understand anymore. when you're sitting at a bar and it's a social occasion and there's a lot of people like you do tend to talk to people, but sure. not that like, but he was aggressive in the way he shot in. Right. Yes. Like he is yelling, playing loud music from his phone, totally like came in, interrupted us while we were talking. Yeah. Um, wasn't paying attention when I'm like trying to get in and out of my seat and stuff. Mm-mm. And so I'm like, I feel like aggression matched aggression. Probably. Yeah, you're just, I don't know, speaking his language, apparently. But I, but then I, all day I've been like, oh, I feel bad. Don't feel bad. Let me tell you something right now. Do not feel bad. Okay. I watched a documentary on Max. I think it's called A Lovely Picture. What a Lovely Picture or something like that. And it's a story of this, this woman whose grandfather is a known pedophile and he openly speaks about it. And he's got all of these people in his community that think, oh, he's such a, such a great guy and such a nice man. He's not. He's a fucking pedophile. And he continued to, like, basically imprison his mom, her mom, her grandmother, excuse me, um, in, like, this life of you can't tell anybody, I just have a really bad problem, you know, this type of thing. So, I don't know. In in my mind now, an old man doesn't deserve any other, like, unless. I actually said, I go, well, because he's older, he should know better. Right. That's where like, I'm at. Like, you've had a long time of of women. Socialization. Telling you, you how better. to treat us. Yes. You know, so. And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with this. Thank you for helping me articulate. At this stage, yes. at that age, that man should know better. And we're getting to the age where when let's pretend he's in his 60s that means he was in his 50s when you know we were in our 20s or whatever right i'm not mathing well but point is we're closer to that age now than ever so that means they they were with the times with us they know better so fuck that fuck him good for you well, for doing that i mean he said he Don't used to so tour in the 80s with this band and he cares. and he was like the drummer <laughs> and all this stuff but I, well my point is that his interactions with women when he was younger were probably much different and worse, I'm sure, than the average person because of groupies, tour life, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he has just kind of bulldozed his way with women probably his entire life. Yeah. So after that, I'm sorry. I'm at that age now where I just I don't typically grab like people's property or touch them unwanted. You know what I mean? It just I don't know. Something just triggered me to be like, this guy's not going to stop because, you knew you literally had it in your gut. You just said it out loud. You knew that words were not going to impact this person's trajectory. So you had to physically change it. You did what you had to do. But the thing is, like, I didn't even think about it at all. I just grabbed his phone. Like, I don't know. It was just this strange. Yeah. Fuck politeness type of. That was a listen to your gut. I guess. I don't know. Well, and so my one friend was like, oh, I thought he was like homeless. And I'm like, he just yelled that he had a thousand dollar phone. I'm like, and did you see his watch? Can we stop making excuses for strangers? We don't know anything about them. Just And then the the other friend was like, I just feel bad because he was an old man. Like when they're old, I feel like I go, as women, can we stop justifying weird behavior, please? Yes, please. I'm not justifying his behavior. No. I'm not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I will not. I refuse. Refuse it. I refuse it. But the funny thing is that when we went to brunch earlier in the day, I had said, 
um, because we were sharing stories, like dating stories and stuff. And I was like, and I had said, why as women do we justify men's weird behavior? Like we really think like, oh, well, maybe he's doing this because of X, Y, and Z, or maybe this is X. And it's not just men. I mean, we do it for everybody, but it seems it's all just, humans. it is all humans. We were just talking about men at the point. And so basically we had that conversation at brunch. Now it's a couple hours later and I'm like, I'm going to do a full circle back to our brunch conversation where <laughs> I am not justifying this man's weird behavior. No, you can't. Cannot. Like, I don't. Okay. So he's, even if he is homeless. So, Maybe so you should... I don't know. Like, just because like other people's mental health issues, I am very empathetic of. For sure. This guy might have had some issues going on. He may have. However, he probably couldn't even hear me over his full blast phone. <laughs> or he didn't care to. because Or he didn't giving, care to. I don't know. You but weren't giving I, I, the, him the intention he wanted, I guarantee. That is yeah. the reason that he was partially full on ignoring you when you came back. Because he had yeah. his captive audience. He had the other he two. Did. He did, yeah. So yeah, you viscerally reacted to this guy being super fucking disrespectful to you on multiple levels. Fuck him. Yeah. Okay. Don't well, thank you. Because all day I'm like, oh, this, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe no. I grabbed somebody's phone. Like that's not me. Like I don't. I don't. Next time, slap it out of their fucking hands, and then you don't feel bad. <laughs> I no, I would feel oh, worse. Whoops. Oh my gosh. Whoops. Yeah. No. F that. I would feel worse probably. F that. Nope. I'm not. Nope. Team Sarah. But yeah. You did just I, fine. I'm proud of you. Add a girl. Thank you. Thank. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. It's qualified yeah. as an add a girl, even though it was a little. No, that qualifies. Add a girl. A bit, but okay. You let your gut right. run this bitch. <laughs> it oh. Did it not? It did. It worked. He. I, the I entire did... staff was like, "Thank God that dude's gone. Fuck him." Like, come on. That that alone should have been validation enough for your choices. <laughs> well thank you I, I don't know i didn't feel bad about it until they were like oh my god that was so aggressive meh until I'm they were like human, i can't believe fine. you did that and i'm like I did it i'll do it again i'll fucking do it again <laughs> <laughs> 20, i'm like 20. i wasn't trying to destroy his phone i wasn't no. gonna do anything with it the point you is didn't you know didn't, that but you didn't do anything with it you were no so no i wouldn't feel bad at all you provided that man a social opportunity. He neglected it several times, and so you forced it upon him. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I like, I like the PC way of saying that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks. Snaps. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I well, see, this is the thing. We're in that situation where I knew how you would respond. So I'm telling the person that I know is going to be on my side. Yes. <laughs> thumbs up again from the universe. Thumbs, because I, it we keeps cannot happening. Figure it out. And it's like when I have a half a thumb up. Do you oh, see? Oh, I got oh. it. I got it. You half mask your thumb and look at that. <laughs> yeah, you half mask. And then you get the It would full. probably not work for me at all. <laughs> you get the emoji. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, can, you, only have a, you can only do a nub in order to get the um the bubble in your screen showed them showed them for the win oh my god i'm gonna have to put this one on youtube because there's no way anybody's gonna know what the fuck we're talking about it's gonna be perfect <laughs> oh wait do i have an ad i need to do my ad a girl hang on yeah. 
<laughs> just kudos. I just am so proud of you. Um, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So my Atta girl is I I've done so I did several things over the weekend. First of all, Saturday, I woke up with this want to do everything but inability to do everything and I didn't let it weigh heavily on my shoulders I just kind of let it roll and mm. did what I could mm -hmm. um, and then on Sunday I got up extra super duper motivated and whizzed around the house and did a bunch of my chores I was able to ship some stuff out like I did all of the things so it was incredibly productive and then I also ended up so like Seth and I, our quality time together is going to be um, putting Lego sets together. Hmm. So That's Seth, nice. yes. So Seth bought me the Hocus Pocus set, which I'm of obviously ignorantly excited about. Mm -hmm. And he got himself the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System set. And we were starting to put them together. I was like, fuck, where are we going to put this when we're done with it? You know, like these are going to be big things that we're not going to just want to hide. So I spent some serious time rearranging my massive shelving unit and oh, made some I was like, are you about everything. to get a China cabinet for your Legos? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I spent some time rearranging and um, organizing some of the existing stuff we have out there so that we could make some space for our Lego journey, which I'm super thrilled about. And um, ended up like hanging up more stuff and just continuing to organize my space oh the one thing i'm most proud of um i went to the store to get cosmetic stuff for myself and i went down under my sink and did like a full clean out like a mass cleaning mm. like i haven't touched this shit in a year mm -hmm. it's not gonna mm -hmm. get used it's also cosmetic stuff so you mm -hmm. let's just pitch it so i threw a lot of stuff away this weekend which i'm proud of good yeah made space to fill it back up but stuff I'm going to use so there's that so, yeah 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 keeping unnecessary stuff especially things that are like expired I mean it's makeup so mm -hmm. it's not that huge of a deal but it, it it's a bit of a cleanse feel yeah I feel good feeling Gucci not at all good no, well if you liked so, what you heard today please rate review subscribe um it helps us a lot with the algorithm if you could validate Nicole's choices do something for me <laughs> Um, you can follow us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles, or you can even email us a ho of history to, uh, cover at homance podcast at gmail.com. You can get your homance merch, um, on my Etsy store, which is, uh, Nicole Bonneville.etsy.com. And, um, if you're feeling freaky, you can join the closed group on Facebook, the homance chronicles, a judgment free zone. Woo-woo, homance out. <laughs> if you're feeling freaky. <laughs>